All right, I'm here with Mark Kozak, who's a huge film fan and who's beating me this year as far as Oscar completism. You've seen everything already. I think so. Outside of possibly one or two uh, foreign language movies, I have no life, and I've successfully seen just about every movie that's nominated. So I also have no life. I am uh, lagging on Richard Jewell and uh, Harriet as of the time of recording this, but neither of those will factor into this conversation. Today we're talking screenplay categories, adapted screenplay and original screenplay. And this is a pretty important category. So just looking back at the last uh, decade, since 2010, only two times has the Best Picture winner not won either of the Screenplay Awards. So that was 2011, The Artist, 2017, The Shape of Water. Looking back uh, four times, we have the Best Original Screenplay that's won Best Picture. Last year with Green Book, somehow that's original based on a real thing. 2015, Spotlight, somehow original based on a real thing. 2014, Birdman. 2010, The King's Speech, absurdly. And then in uh, the adapted category, you have 2016, Moonlight. 2013, 12 Years a Slave. 2012, Argo. So I think before we even get into the nominees this year, that has a big framing of the conversation based on something we were talking about before this, which was uh, Todd Phillips' movie, Joker. Where are you feeling about the screenplay for Todd Phillips' Joker? Um, you know, it's... First of all, I think it's interesting it's an adapted screenplay because the movie isn't taken per se from something, but I guess the fact that the character is an existing IP or a comic book character, we're calling that an adapted screenplay. Okay, sure, fine. It's based on, I believe, uh, King of Comedy by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It didn't, it didn't specify what it was adapted from, and I guess um, based on your comment, I'm going to go ahead and say I kind of agree with you there that nothing... Uh, and that screenplay strikes me as award-worthy or particularly original or particularly worthy of, of comment. But, you know, here we are. Joker had 700 nominations, so I think um, we were also talking about this. We're kind of both afraid that this might win some major categories. I don't think it'll win in this category, but I don't know. <laughs> I agree, and I think that that's kind of where I was starting the conversation because I'm pretty scared that Joker's going to win Best Picture. I don't think Joker's going to win this category, but the nominees in Best Adapted Screenplay. So you have The Irishman by Steve Zalian. That's based on I Heard You Paint Houses, Frank the Irishman, Shireen, and Closing the Case on Jimmy Hoffa by former homicide prosecutor Charles Brandt. Steve Zalian won a Best uh, Adapted Screenplay Oscar in 1994 for Schindler's List. He's been nominated a lot of times. Moneyball, Gangs of New York, a shared credit on Awakenings in 1990. Little Women, which I want to talk about. Um, Greta Gerwig, based on Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. It's her second nomination, um, 2018. She was nominated for Lady Bird and lost to Get Out. Jojo Rabbit, Taika Waititi. I hate this category. Jojo <laughs> Rabbit, Taika Waititi, based on Caging Skies by Christine Loinens. Um, that's his first writing nomination. The Two Popes, Anthony McCartan, based on his own play, The Pope. Um, it's his second writing nomination. He was nominated in 2015 for The Theory of Everything. Um, he also has a directing nomination for The Darkest Hour a couple years ago. And then Joker. Todd Phillips, based on the comic book character Joker. In particular, there's a comic book episode. I don't read a lot of comic books. There's an episode called Batman the Killing Joke uh, from 1998 that a lot of people talk about in reference to the plot of this movie. And that was based on a really famous graphic novel by Alan Moore, who's pretty famous in those circles. Same, the author of The Watchmen and many other big comic properties that uh, most people in the mainstream have probably heard of. I think HBO did a nicer job going dark with The Watchmen. I guess Watchmen's pretty dark um, anyway. 
This is Todd Phillips' second nomination for writing. He shared credit in 2017 on Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit, Glorious Snub. Nation of Kazakhstan. Very nice. So starting with, I believe, your favorite movie of the year, Little Women. What did you just like generally about Little Women and then in relation to the screenplay? Well, I do have to confess I have not read the book, um, nor have I actually seen any of the numerous adaptations in television and film. But after watching it, I, I guess growing up when this book was kind of required reading for high school and colleges, the image you get as a teenage boy is this, this might not be for me. So whether correctly or not, I just ignored it and never got around to it. So even going to the movie this year, my initial thought was, I don't know about this. And I loved Lady Bird, which was Greta Gerwig's previous effort. That was probably my favorite movie that year as well. So I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. But man, the first 30, 40 minutes of this movie, I was just grinning like an idiot. Like, just so caught up in the energy of uh, the sisters and just their energy. It was kind of like, I was kind of like Laurie, Timothy Shamway's character, where you're just kind of standing back watching the hurricane of energy from all the sisters. And you just kind of smile, like, I kind of want to hang out with these people and be involved in their life. And that energy was so infectious and it carried throughout. Um, and I, I, reading reading about it afterwards, uh, I guess Greta cleverly added some some meta aspects pertaining to Louisa May Alcott's life, where the the first and last parts of the movie, where she's kind of addressing the editor of of the magazine there and talking about how difficult it is for her to get her art published and and what sacrificing edits that the editor wants to make and the ending. Do you? Do you think the character needs to be married to be happy? And some of those aspects that really played from Louisa May Alcott's real life, I thought was a really nice touch to throw in there as well. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask you, some people's biggest concern with, with the screenplay and Greta's approach is that she told it in a nonlinear fashion. Did that work for you? So I think that's, yeah, that's absolutely right. Like if, if Lion King and Aladdin are the lowest form of adapting a screenplay, <laughs> This is the highest form of adapting a screenplay. I mean, she put a lot of her own twist on it, and probably the most significant part is putting it all out of order. So you talked about the first 30 minutes. The first 10 minutes, I had no idea what was happening. Right. It was a little confusing because of that non-linear aspect, I think. Once you kind of understand what they're doing, I, it didn't bother me. I like non-linear storytelling in general, just as like a mechanism. The lack of familiarity, I did read Little Women a really long time ago, but I don't remember it. And I think I might have seen the Sigourney, or not, uh, Winona Ryder version, and I also don't really remember it. I think that if you know the story intimately, this probably was really impactful. Like some of the scenes where, I think probably most most substantially, there's a scene where Cerise Ronan's character is coming downstairs, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but there it's she's checking on the status of a family member who's sick. And the way that they use the nonlinear storytelling for that part of the movie, I think probably if you know how everything plays out and you see what's coming, it's probably massively effective. For me, it was fine, but I didn't, I, I didn't have that benefit of like real intimate knowledge of the story. I don't know. How did you feel about it? That was actually the one moment, and without spoiling anything as well, there was an editing choice that they made there that kind of disorienting and it did it's confusing if you don't know what's happening yeah. um but outside of that there are so many other movies where that structure just just really works <clears throat> a moment uh, like the moment on the beach where they're all there together and, and earlier times having a great time juxtaposed with on the beach later on in life where it kind of took on a different tone due to 
the non-spoiler circumstance that we won't talk <laughs> about. But just so many of those moments were were just really cleverly put together to add an added emotional impact. And like you said, it is disorienting at first, but once you get into the flow of it, it, it I think it only pays off tenfold. So that approach was really clever, and I really enjoyed it a lot. I appreciated it too. I loved Lady Bird. This movie didn't resonate with me. It just wasn't like as closely within my own interest set. But I appreciated that it was good. And I agree that the screenplay here, I'm very happy for this to be in the category. I think this is a very fair nomination. I, I don't know if this is my own bias saying this, but I kind of think this is the favorite for this category. Not only because I think it's probably the superior adaptation, but because it might be an apology to the movie generally for not getting nominations in other places. I think that's an astute observation. I, I, I'm sold. I, I agree. I think this probably is the favorite. I, I, a lot of the times uh, recording these episodes, I pull up the odds. I actually didn't look at the odds here. I, I feel like this or... Uh, I'll just start talking about Jojo Rabbit, which I didn't like whatsoever. It seems like that maybe is the other one that maybe could could come in here because people like Taika Waititi, but Jojo Rabbit. Sorry, I'm really calling the conversation. How did you feel about Jojo Rabbit? <laughs> well, I, that kind of reminds me of another point about this category. What are the odds that Academy members have actually read or are familiar with any of these original sources? Maybe in the case of Little Women, that's you know maybe a little more popular than some of the other ones, but... Um, yeah, and I think, I mean, people, I guess, know Joker as a character. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody's read Caging Skies by Christine Lennons. No, I, in fact, I d- didn't even know going into that movie that that was adapted from something, so that was kind of a surprise. But On this short Oscar timeline, I just hope they watch the movies. That's true. <laughs> I can see that we both give no credit to the Oscar voters, um, but what are you going to do? Well, to be contrarian, I really enjoyed Jojo Rabbit. Good. I, if I watch it in a couple of years, I wonder if my opinion will be the same. But the theater I, w- I was in was packed. Everyone was laughing. Everyone was kind of on that wavelength where you have a theater experience that kind of elevates the movie itself. And I walked out of that movie just feeling really good about things. The first 20 or 30 minutes, I don't know how you... They were great. They were, it was really funny. The setup was really funny. It was very enjoyable. And maybe when you get into the drama aspects later, it didn't work for you. I'm, I'm just guessing. But hopefully you at least found some laughs there at the beginning. So I definitely appreciate that Taika Waititi, he creates the the climate of what I think the marketing department called a anti-hate satire, which I just, I don't, I, I don't know whether that's brilliant or miserable. I think they threw that on there just to get people to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but but he definitely, I mean, I think it starts with the Beatles in German and a bunch of like Nazi type of imagery and, and a book burning summer camp basically. So he definitely creates the world. I have a episode upcoming on Jojo Rabbit where I get into sort of the fact that I just found this movie to be patting me on the back for being brave about something that everybody agrees on and isn't subversive whatsoever. I think that more for me it was just I found it to be very conventional. Like if this if, if you if I watched this and it wasn't nominated for anything, I'd be like, yeah, that was okay. In a year that gave us waves, that gave us uncut gems, that gave us Manos, a movie that I know we both loved, for for the movies like Jojo Rabbit and Joker to be emerging just sort of frustrates me, but I can totally, totally understand that I guess I didn't think of it in that way just because I enjoyed the movie. Uh, you want to see, obviously, you want to see the movies that you enjoy get nominated because it validates your opinion or something, or so, something like that. But um, I, I agree that if I was looking at this category, honestly, there's probably some other movies I could have put in there instead of that one. But honestly, it's, but it's refreshing. I'm glad. I'm glad that you liked the movie. Yeah, I know. I know targeting Nazis is pretty easy, <laughs> but I guess it, there's also still people out there who. 
associated with the Nazi way of life, which is disturbing. And I guess it's an easy slam dunk target to, to dump on them and make light of them. Um, but sometimes it just feels good to laugh at them. Like accepting there's people, there's groups of people out there who feel that way when it seems so obviously wrong is so frustrating to put up with. And to just have a movie kind of dump on them, it was just kind of a cathartic laughter at them, even though it is easy. But it's very funny, and it was very satisfying to me. Yeah, that's fair. And it's definitely, some of the writing is very funny. I mean, like, it is it is well-written from that respect. I do think that, like, if I had to pull anything out of this movie that I thought was good, would, would be, like, Thomason McKenzie, uh, Roman Griffin Davis, Scarlett Johansson, even though I wouldn't have put her in supporting. But, so when it's kind of the acting categories, too, and here it's nominated for screenplay. Can we, can we mention Alfie Allen, who is, or not Alfie Allen, I'm sorry, who is the, the other little child... Archie Yates, who is JoJo's best friend, probably yeah. the most adorable child actor I've ever seen in any movie ever. And the fact that he did not get nominated is a crime. <laughs> yeah, he is. He was really funny. Um, I agree with that. Well, that's JoJo Rabbit. There's The Irishman, which is a lot. It's probably a really long script if you sit down and read it. I don't know how many pages that took to to cover. But thoughts on The Irishman? I really enjoyed it. I've I watched it a second time recently, and I kind of had better feelings about it on second watch. There's certainly a lot to the screenplay. Um, one of my complaints the first time was kind of my own personal reasons that I wasn't very familiar with with that time period or, or the mob's activities or even uh, Al Pacino's character, Jimmy Hoffa, which is a historical figure, but in my ignorance, I just didn't know much about. So I kind of got lost in some of the the middle section of the movie, or the parts where you're introducing Hoffa and the Union, and, and you're kind of getting into that world. Kind of struck me as a little slow, just because I wasn't familiar with it and I wasn't very interested in it at first. But on on second rewatch, it held together better and it it flowed naturally, and you could see why towards the end that they had to get all that in there. No no real issues with that being included here. I haven't read the book. I understand it to be somewhat of a confessional, like at the time that it came out. And I think to take that and turn it into something that's like a pontification on aging and the value of a life lived is a writing accomplishment. I think that, yeah, I think it's a, I think it was a good movie. The Two Popes uh, is Anthony McCartan. And again, that's based on his own play, The Pope. And it's sort of a canvas for Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins to do acting things. How did you feel about this screenplay? It wasn't bad i think the movie cops out a little bit on not it kind of wants to play things in the middle by introducing two popes that are quote unquote diametrically opposite in terms of their philosophy which in real life it's a little more complicated than that and they're both really not as far away as the movie might make it seem like Uh, i think it glossed over anthony hopkins character pope benedict's trials and tribulations in real life there was a scene where kind of he was speaking his confession at the end and they muted out the dialogue because I think they didn't want to come out and say what the allegations were, but they wanted to allude to it. I thought that was kind of a cop out and kind of disappointing. I also don't know why the film was shot like the Bourne Identity, where there was lots of shaky handheld cameras and like- That was really distracting. Really crazy fast zooms. and. <laughs> Uh, there was some beautiful shots for sure in that movie. It was very colorful and, and uh, it was a beautiful movie. I just kind of didn't know why it was shot like that. So I, I liked it, but I, 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 again, I think with some of the other movies you mentioned earlier, I wouldn't have had a problem with that being knocked out of this group. Yeah, it's funny. Like the, This category is interesting because I think a lot of the times, I mean, you can obviously see a great performance <laughs> or you can see like great filmmaking in 1917, which we'll talk about that. 
screenplay is sort of a stand-in for picture. I mean, ultimately, like what you're going to watch is stories. And so it is interesting to figure out kind of how much credit goes to the screenplay, like whether Anthony McCartan wrote like aggressive zoom in here or like whether <laughs> that counts as, as screenplay or um, not. And then I guess the last one that we basically talked about a little bit is Joker. I'll let you give any Joker thoughts. I, I've pledged to not talk about Joker. I Yeah, I, I'm kind of like many of you probably listening to this or people who are kind of into movies you're probably just tired of hearing about it even if you like it I'm, you're probably tired of hearing about it or probably tired tired of defending it um i i just i don't think it's strong i think scorsese did it better i know that's an easy criticism to make but it's very true um i don't think any of the the writing on display is particularly noteworthy or as deep as it makes it seem like it wants to be. I, I don't know, as, as a screenplay, if we're talking just screenplay, because I don't want to talk about other aspects of the Joker I didn't like, but I don't think it was that good. I read the screenplay. I actually just, like, read it. Wow. Because it was why online. Why you hate yourself and, that Yeah, I, don't, I don't, actually don't know why I did it. And I'm like, wow, there's really nothing going on in this movie. So it goes. Yeah. So those are the five. I think it's been pretty clear from the way that I've talked about it that I would take Jojo Rabbit, The Two Popes, and Joker out. So I want to talk about the movies that I'd replace them with, and then I'm interested to hear any snubs that you maybe feel should have, should have gone into this category. But I think probably if I my first one in would be Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. That's Mika Fitzerman Blue and Noah Harper based on the Esquire article, Can You Say Hero, by Tom Junot. Obviously, this is about uh, the impact of Mr. Rogers on a journalist who is having some family issues. I thought this was really well written. Like, just specifically, I thought this was a really nice story. I think Tom Hanks is great, but I think that the story's just really well told and he they kind of integrate the motifs from mr rogers in a way that i thought was really good did you see this movie i didn't I, i'm definitely interested in and um what i know about it it kind of reminds me of the end of the end of the tour the david foster wallace movie from a couple years ago where they had a similar framing device where a reporter was kind of interviewing the man and kind of giving i'm assuming that's what this mr rogers movie is like so I guess I can only ask you how you thought of that framing device to kind of talk about Mr. Rogers. It's certainly not the first time that it's ever been used, but it's just a feel-good movie that tells a nice, complete story, and I just thought it was good. Like, I sometimes, like, I think some, you know, some of the movies that came out this year, like Parasite or some of the other movies we'll talk about that are just, like, groundbreaking, industry-changing... This isn't that, but I just think sometimes it's nice to go watch a movie that makes you feel good that's, like, structured really tightly. Um, so I would have liked to see that in. Another movie that kind of had that same impact on me that didn't really get a lot of love, well, it actually got no love um, anywhere, is Dolomite Is My Name. Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski, just based on the life of Rudy Ray Moore um, and the 1975 film Dolomite. I would have liked to see this in, too. I was surprised that didn't get some other nominations elsewhere. I didn't think it was... Well, I mean, some of these categories are stacked. It was a really good year for movies. It was so an incredible year. I think some of some movies like Dolomite were going to get left out. Uh, I thought Eddie Murphy might get a sneaky nomination in there. I wish he got in, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way about that as you were talking about the Mr. Rogers movie. Is I left that movie feeling really good and just with a smile on my face. and um, <clears throat> It wasn't particularly original in structure or I don't think it did anything to the highest level but it was it was a tight script and very entertaining I really liked that movie a lot and then my last one would be Hustlers Lorraine Scafari based on the New York Magazine article The Hustlers at Scores Ex-Strippers Who Stole from Mostly Rich Men to Give to Well Themselves by Jessica Pressler this was a movie that I thought was okay I think it's crazy that Jennifer Lopez isn't in there but I think that the way that they took a New York Magazine article and then made it basically a 
buddy comedy. I think that was the right way to do it. I think it just, it obviously was a movie that had a lot of success. A lot of people were passionate about it. It tells us like a very female-centric story, which I think is sorely lacking at the Oscars overall. For me, I think that this, I would have put this in over some of the other ones. What did you, what did you think about Hustlers? Um, I thought it was just okay as well. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I think it was fairly predictable in that once, thing, you know, a group of people start doing some shenanigans and things start going really well and there's montages and everything's looking good. You know the fall is going to come, you know, it just kind of, it was very predictable to me in that sense. But I did think the framing device of, well, I just love Julia Stiles as well, having her as a reporter in there kind of talking <clears throat> talking through things after the fact, again, which is a popular narrative device. It, but that, it did work for me in that movie, um, especially in the scenes where the two lead characters are asking questions about each other to the reporters to try and find out, well, did she say this about me or she said this about me? And they're kind of, you're kind of seeing in real time as they're learning information about what the other said about each other where it's kind of, a dagger to them in terms of what they thought their friendship was or it's an uplifting moment because maybe they're closer than they thought they were. So I thought that device really worked out really well. Um, but again, in such a good year for movies, I wasn't too upset about that one being left out. So that's the adapted category. Anything else that you feel like is missing or that... I mean, I'm assuming Cats is adapted from the stage play <laughs> and I noticed that didn't get a nomination, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, I think I think Tom Hooper gets one inexplicable Oscar and <laughs> thankfully not a second... <laughs> The King's Speech wasn't a terrible movie. It's just The Social Network was a much better movie. Agreed. Yeah, that was a pretty notable snub in that year. <sighs> All right. So then moving on to, I think, a far superior category this year, Best Original Screenplay. So the nominees here, Marriage Story, Noah Baumbach. That's his second nomination. He had The Squid and the Whale in 2005. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino, fourth writing nomination. Uh, he had Django Unchained in 2012 and Glorious Bastards 2009. Shared credit on Pulp Fiction in 1995. Parasite, Bong Joon-ho is his first writing nomination. Knives Out, Rian Johnson, now an Oscar nominee, first time. And then Sam Mendes, 1917, with Christy wilson Cairns. Uh, Mendes' first writing nomination. He does have a win in director for American Beauty. First nomination for Christy wilson Cairns. Thoughts on this category overall? Pretty strong. Uh, don't When this came out, I didn't really look at it and say, I can't believe such and such movie is in here. I kind of think if I if there was a favorite, again, kind of similar to Little Woman, I think Marriage Story might be a favorite here, only as an apology for not getting nominations. I'm probably totally wrong on both of those fronts. I think, well, if we want to start with Marriage Story, I think that it's was one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, really great scripts, dialogue with every Bombback movie is always on point, and this one's probably his best one. Um, uh, from what I've read and heard about this movie, he is very precise and meticulous about the details in terms of what exactly is said, how it's said, um, the staging of where everything is set, um, and it really pays off. I think when Bombback first came out, he was in that mumblecore genre of directors where you kind of had people talking in a quote-unquote more realistic way and talking over each other and kind of naturalistic dialogue, which hasn't always worked for me. I know Mistress America, I don't know if you saw that. That wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan of that movie. Um, um, the other movie with Greta Gerwig... Francis Ha. Francis Ha is spectacular. I think that was his best movie before this. But this, I feel like everything really came together. Dialogue made... It's a very funny movie as well for the subject matter. But I think... 
this is probably the most literary of all the, of all these movies in here, and I think it just I was crushed by the end. I'm so glad I didn't see this in the theater because I'm not ashamed to admit I was bawling like a baby by the end of this uh, when they got to the the letter reading scene at the end. Um, so I I would like to see that win. Uh, I don't think it's going to, but I'm curious to see what you think about that movie. I think it's a fantastic movie. I think it could win, and I think the the I guess symmetry of of if we think Greta Gerwig is going to win for Little Women and then Noah Baumbach can win for Marriage Story, that we kind of make it probably an easier shared Uber ride home. Because <laughs> um, all these famous people Uber. Um, I think that the performances in this movie are great, but they're great partially, I think, because the roles are great. It's just written really robustly. And when I think about the movies that like have the big impacts on me, it's movies that have like sort of signature moments that are written into the script that really stick with you. And I think this one has a couple. I think the opening frame with the letters and the talking about what they love about each other before you then kind of see what the movie develops into um, is really effective. There's this courtroom scene around the middle that I think is one of the best scenes, maybe the best scene in any movie all year, where you basically have uh, Laura Dern and Ray Liotta taking sort of the mundane elements of life that we've seen throughout the movie and weaponizing them into, you know, kind of arguments for their extreme positions um, in the divorce. And then you have the letter scene um, at the end, which I won't totally ruin, but it's just like a body blow. I also think the scene where uh, the the court papers get served is yeah. hilarious and heartbreaking. That's kind of a, that might've been my favorite scene in that movie. Um, greeting Nicole's mother and kind of joking around with her and kind of coming in as, as one of the family and just totally being blindsided. Uh, Merritt Weaver's performance there uh, Scarlett Johansson's sister, who has to actually serve him, is phenomenal. I think that's her only scene in the movie, but um, just the, the way she portrays that and is kind of talking to Adam Driver's character about the play she's going to be in, and they're doing a funny English accent, and then he just stumbles upon the paper. And just the whole scene is, is comedy, and, and their reactions are great, and their performances are great. Um, talking to this movie about other people, there's moments that you mentioned like big standout great moments and there's probably seven or eight in this movie I mean we haven't talked about the karaoke scene at the end Scarlett Johansson's long one take monologue in the beginning like just so many great lyrical performances that are a result of a great screenplay yeah it's, it's a master class so we agree on Marriage Story fantastic movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood um, Quentin Tarantino certainly there's a lot of Quentin Tarantino all over this movie script specifically what are your thoughts uh, well, I'll preface this by saying I'm not a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. I think he's... It's funny. It's an opinion that you don't hear much about Quentin Tarantino. It's either you're religious, religiously in love with everything he does or you think he's terrible. I think he's okay. <laughs> uh, I think he's had one or two movies that I really connected with, but this one was kind of in a... That was okay category. Like Marriage Story, though, it did have two or three really great scenes. Um, in particular... Um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character with the little girl in the quiet moment before they're starting to film and he kind of uh, has a moment with her and talks about his doubts and insecurities and just some of the dialogue there was fantastic uh, I think I wish more of the movie was like that to be honest but for me a lot of that movie kind of fell into like Quentin Tarantino's usual stuff um, we drove around in a car and looked at shots of LA for about a half hour we you know the, the hyper violence towards the end was kind of building up and to be expected in a movie from Quentin Tarantino so yeah I thought it was okay but there's probably some others that I would have knocked out for I'm not mad it's in the category but I'm, I'm kind of a shrug 
I think Marriage Story is my favorite, but I think this might be a win for Quentin here in this category. So he won the Golden Globe. I've really warmed to this movie and screenplay. I think I had the same reaction when I watched it the first time, and I already I released a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode with uh, L.A. comedian Mike Cetera, which is on the um, on the feed if you want to listen to it. I didn't really know what he was going for. Like I knew, I thought I walked in thinking it was about like the Sharon Tate murders, and then there were just like long scenes of like shooting a western, and I didn't really understand what he was doing. I think that once I saw the whole movie, got a chance to step away. On subsequent watches, on like just even thinking about it, it's very it is intentional. I think that he did he he had a story he wanted to tell, he had a theme he wanted to pull through, and I think he did that well. So I'm not upset that this is in here. Um, I don't I don't think he is going to win, even though he did win the Golden Globe. I think that he's more likely to be recognized in director. Although the next movie that we'll talk about, I think also has a shot at director and also has a shot at screenplay. That's Parasite, Bong Joon-ho, um, his first writing nomination. There's a you could probably talk about Parasite for hours, or at least I could. But what what was your reaction to that? Yeah, um, I'm first of all, I'm so happy it's doing well financially. It's a rare crossover hit for a foreign language film that's made over a hundred million, something like that. Which is pro- they probably didn't anticipate that happening. No. It's a great movie. Um, I think there's lots of movies coming out now about class specifically, and it's not the first uh, Bong Joon-ho movie about class even. Um, but it, everything works for it perfectly. It's extremely funny. It's extremely clever. I've heard some complaints that it's not very subtle, I guess, um, in terms of uh, class. There's a, a scene where our, our hero family, quote-unquote hero, are leaving um, the house that they work at, and they're traveling down the city, downstairs, back to their home, and that shot goes on for quite a long time. And in your head, you're like, I get it. They're they're literally descending the stairs of class. So there's some moments like that that didn't work as well for me. But that's a really minor complaint because it's. I think this was my third favorite movie of the year. I love the movie. I uh, love Bong Joon Ho. No no complaints. I hope it. I hope it wins the best picture. To be honest with you. I would. I would love that. I don't think we can have nice things in this world. But I also think it was interesting how. The people at the top, the the richer family who lives in the in the nice home, weren't portrayed as outright like villains. Um, almost Not at all. Well-meaning to an extent. They definitely make a little comments here and there. We were like, okay, that's that's rude. You don't even realize it because of, of your station and what you're saying is you know is can be hurtful. You know, they they thought they were being helpful. They thought they were nice people in a lot of regards. They were, but it was kind of interesting how he uses that family by not being a mustache twirling villain or something like that where things of upper class can keep you down without even realizing it or not even intentionally that things out of the lower classes control and even out of the upper classes control are conspiring to keep people down just by nature of the system or by attitudes that have lasted for a long period of time or attitudes that just come subconsciously from being in the upper class uh, so I think I appreciated that portrayal of the richer family as a little more nuanced than it certainly could have been. <laughs> yeah, and he really is meticulous, I think, in carving out kind of the subhumanity of the lower class, just the hopelessness of their station of life. I think he's very intentional in the way, you know, from the beginning, you know, the the friend kind of offering this job to, in, in essence, like, make sure that nobody else dates this girl that he eventually wants to be with because he just doesn't see... Uh, the lower class family as being any kind of romantic threat 
kind of going throughout the movie, the you know, there's obviously a lot of focus on on smell and odor, and then sort of the little indignities um, that are just painted throughout the movie. I thought it was really good. So anyway, love this movie. Yeah, no no problems with it being here, and would be very happy if it won for sure. Probably my favorite thing that happened in the entire Oscars. Well. I guess taking for granted stuff like Parasite being nominated for Best Picture, which like kind of knew was going to happen, but thrilled to see it. Still nice. <laughs> Knives Out by Rian Johnson getting a writing nomination. I was so happy uh, that this that this didn't get snubbed. Agreed. It's such a fun movie. It's such a tight script in a way that could have easily gotten away from a lesser writer or director. The only thing I can say negative about it is it is an update of an existing genre and in, in that he is playing in a, in a genre in a field that is kind of structured already and you kind of have to work within that framework. I guess that's the problem with any genre film in terms of originality, but man, he updates it so well. Um, sneakily political or maybe not sneakily um, fits in a lot of, again, some class and, and money barbs in there that are kind of relevant to what we've been talking about. The overall mystery was fascinating. The fact that you found out who the killer was like 30 minutes into the movie and then the momentum wasn't lost at all. In fact, it was kind of picked up from there. Agreed. This is great screenplay. I'm so I'm really happy to see it on here. Yeah, it's definitely deriving directly from the Agatha Christie playbook. I actually got to see this at the Chicago International Film Festival and I was it was before it was publicly released. Rian Johnson was there uh, with Michael Shannon. And what he talked about was the importance for him of not making it a parody of a whodunit, but a genuine whodunit. And so it definitely, it plays with the genre, but it doesn't, it's not like Clue. It doesn't like make fun of it. It's not like self-referential. Um, it's it's pretty genuine. I agree. When you said it was it was an airtight script, I think that like, it, it's just so well executed. And if this was a movie about more serious themes, if it was like, you know, not kind of a, a romp, Really what you're looking for out of kind of celebrating the best things that come out in a year is who did whatever they wanted to do the most effectively. And so he didn't want to tell some war epic here. He didn't want to tell like a really dark class comparative, even though there's class elements. He wanted to make a whodunit and he did it about as well as you can possibly do it. Um, I'm, yeah, I was, I was going to be, I mean, there's a lot that I was upset about when the nominations came out. This would have just driven me over the edge. I think I would have cancel the podcast or I also think it has absolutely no chance of winning no, <laughs> no this is this is a happy to be here so the last one in this this category a movie that I loved a screenplay that I don't understand being nominated for screenplay is 1917 yeah. probably um, the shortest screenplay yeah I mean it's like 10 pages <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's we joke I'm sure there's more to it than that but um, in terms of what actually happens in this movie it's not a lot um, in terms of the themes it's playing with it's not a lot. That's pretty what you see is what you get. That is not a criticism. I really enjoyed it. Um, I love this movie. Um, the I think having him as a director makes more sense in, instead of a screenplay. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie, but in terms of a screen being in the screenplay category, I kind of scratched my head a little bit at that one. Yeah, I don't even have that much to say about the screenplay. I mean, it was like I guess like again, it comes back to, and I I don't I don't know the total details on this. Like I don't think what the Writers Guild is evaluating are like the the set notes like you know plane crashes here <laughs> 90% of the screenplay was probably in italics because it was stage direction but I mean if what they're if what they're awarding is like the metaphors about cherry blossoms then I'm not on board with that yeah that 
that was one scene in there that was kind of not great and considering that was one of the few scenes that actually tried to do something <laughs> that had dialogue <laughs> narratively um probably not a great look but again that's kind of a minor but I, I did really like the movie but um yeah there's probably s- some more deserving movies we could have put in here so again this is a really good category so you know i had i had some real clear snubs in adapted there are some movies that i really wanted to see celebrated and a lot of the times like historically Screenplay is where you get to celebrate the, you know, we get our little crumbs of like, here here we'll like throw you a nod on the movies that you actually like this year. And this year, that didn't really happen. These are basically the main main contenders, other than I guess Knives Out is, is the little nod. But I mean, that's like a, what, ho- however many hundred million dollar movie. Some, some films that just weren't recognized this year in any any category um that i that i would like to see here ad astra from james gray did you see that i did yeah what were your thoughts on that astra i really enjoyed it uh i think it was in my top 10 if not pretty close to it um i think that movie lives or dies on how much you can accept the narration um it's probably not for everybody i i loved it personally um uh and no, no spoilers if you haven't seen this yet but Brad Pitt's character is an astronaut and he narrates the movie uh, in a very monotone kind of by the numbers way because he is, he's kind of like a Neil Armstrong where he's, you know, the company man, he does everything by the book, he does everything correctly. And having that dialogue run throughout is maybe great on some people, I can can understand that. Um, But it does lead to some really good moments when he meets up with his, his father later on, played by Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, there's some really nice moment and probably one of the best lines of dialogue of the year honestly is in this movie uh, and I, I won't spoil it but it's towards the end when he meets his father and they're about to exit their situation it kind of sums up the theme of the movie uh, in terms of whether we're alone in the universe or not and what that means for humanity it's a really nice line there at the end so I I wouldn't have been mad if this was included as well I thought it was really good everyone I've talked about about this movie too didn't really like it or was very lukewarm on it and um the one friend i once saw at the theater we were both really excited about it but uh, everyone else's reaction seems to be kind of muted which there's some quibbles with the neil degrasse tyson i'm sure would complain about the real <laughs> realistic <laughs> of some of the space stuff there is an honest to god car chase on the moon with pirates <laughs> moon pirates like there's an applebee's on the moon like just all the the moon stuff was great. Um, it kind of vibes of 2001 in there a little bit um, with some of that stuff. Not playing on that same field, but kind of a little bit. Um, yeah, really liked it. A couple others. Uh, did you see Waves from Trey Edward Schultz? I did. That is an interesting movie to talk about in terms of screenplay. Um, I really enjoyed it. I don't know if you've talked about Waves on this podcast before, but... we haven't. I haven't done the acting one yet. The single most upset that I was about anything in the entire Oscars, and I knew that it, by the time the nominations came out, I, I had no hope that it was actually going to happen. I think Sterling K. Brown gives the performance of the year in any movie, and I just don't understand why he's not nominated. Yeah, was that an A24 movie? It was. I think A24 forgot to pay the right people, because only one total nomination for all their movies seems like a mistake. But In the most batshit movie 
Cinematography, I think I'm going to try to get through every category, and maybe I'll talk about cinematography. The Lighthouse is fucking ludicrous. I That's one of my favorite movies of the year. I love that movie. All right. Well, um, let's let's talk about The light, the Lighthouse next, after sure, we finish with Waves. Sure. Going back to, to Waves, um, real briefly, it's kind of the struggle of a suburban African-American family as they go through literally every tragedy that a family could probably go through. Um like you said, insane acting, great performances. Um, but I think this movie will divide people because halfway through the movie, the story and thread we've been following gets completely abandoned. Yeah, there's a central event, basically, that really changes the and movie. The rest of the movie is, you know, it's not ignoring that. It still references it here and there, but we shift focus from one character to another. It worked for me because I think both characters that we follow were brother and sister and they're equally compelling and i think it, it almost became a, co- a coming of age tale out of nowhere uh, which and maybe a more typical faction but because of what came before it kind of added a little gravitas and importance to what was happening uh, i agree i i was exhausted by the time that movie was over because it was just so it's a tough like, how many how many things can you see <laughs> this family go through this movie seemed to get every year there's a movie that kind of gets penalized for stuff that's not part of the contours of the movie and i feel like a lot of times those movies will get nominated so like three billboards outside of evans missouri had a huge backlash that was i didn't really understand it was like basically around the sam rockwell character having a redemption arc and feeling like i don't know we need to live in some cleaner world than that or i you know interestingly enough sam rockwell's character in jojo rabbit also, similarly, had a redemption arc that caused controversy. <laughs> yeah, and and there's, you know, Green Book last year. I, I understood. I definitely understood like why some people were upset about Green Book. But it ultimately, like, you can sit and watch a movie and know nothing about kind of what happened behind the scenes, and and then there wouldn't be a controversy. Waves seemed to be the same way. There was a lot of backlash. Trevor Schultz, obviously a white writer, writing a movie about. It's not really about the black experience, although those things, I guess, are it's sort of inseparable in some ways. Um, it's it's semi autobiographical, but it seemed like there was a lot of resistance around this movie, and the kind of consensus decision was just to pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, I don't think enough people saw it. Um, I don't know too many people who saw it. It didn't really get marketed well. It wasn't in theaters very long, um, which is a shame. Um, it didn't have a really bankable star in it, I guess. I mean, it had some solid and great performances. Not like you need a star to. Uh, yeah, Lucas Hedge is probably the biggest name, or maybe Sterling yeah, K. Brown. One of, the, one of Lucas Hedge's 600 movies he was in. I'm not surprised it didn't get nominated, but I it would have been nice to see it get nominated. But again, I think A24 really dropped the ball somehow, um, or they pissed somebody off, or they did. That's the only thing I can think of. All of the movies they've released this year to only get one nomination. Let's talk about the lighthouse. <laughs> Definitely a original screen. First of all, I am not at all surprised it didn't get nominated. Actually, it would have been quite a statement of by the Oscars to have to nominate this one because it is insane. Um, I don't think I, I, even someone like me who loved it could adequately explain it well enough to like make a case as a best screenplay. Because at the end of the day, if you ask, what was the lighthouse about? Oh man, I don't. I don't Drinking even, kerosene? I don't even know. Yeah. Um, I just think the overall feeling and vibe of that movie was something I hadn't really experienced before. And I went back... That's one of the only movies of my life that I went back and saw immediately after it was over on the same day. I was so captivated and bewildered and confused and, and 
in, in all the best ways. Um, had it gotten a screenplay nomination, it would have been solely because of William Defoe's not monologues, which were spectacular. He is the of all the snubs in Oscar season. Him not getting a Best Actor nomination is the biggest for me because you're talking about a legendary actor with a long career who's won awards, who gives probably his best performance in his career, like an unhinged, 100% committed physical performance. Uh, they're they're shoveling actual dirt into his mouth at one scene, and he doesn't blink the whole time. Like just give the man all the awards. <laughs> Florida Project, I thought he got snubbed. I thought he should have won for that. Um, he was in At Attorney's Gate last year, which I didn't think was that good a movie. But I I don't know. There was never momentum around this. And I feel like it, this just comes down to A24 did a terrible job this year. I don't know what happened. But. Well, all these movies that A24 put out were successful financially, um, critically. So it's hard to fault them, but... I. I don't know what the process for actually... You, you always hear during Oscar season that, oh, the studio is putting money behind this nominate for a nomination, or they're going after the nomination. Like, what does that mean exactly? And, and, and did A24 not do it? It's just so suspicious they only got one nomination. I, I, I can't explain it. Or maybe those are movies targeted towards a certain kind of person, and it just doesn't resonate with the Academy. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 a bit head scratching. I think of the last two movies I want to talk about, one of them really is actually a little bit surprising that it didn't get in, and that's the farewell from Lulu Wong. Agreed. That, that's that, an A twenty four, and it seemed like that was gonna get in. I know the Academy doesn't typically reward foreign language movies in these main categories. I mean, not like it hasn't, and if it was going to, it probably should have for this one. Um, Aquafina definitely should have been nominated. In terms of a screenplay, though, like this is such a unique idea and such a original screenplay that I, I was really hoping this would get nominated in more areas, and this probably the original screenplay probably would have been the ideal place for it. Um, it seemed like that was the really clean place to put it. 1917, I guess, got that spot. Now, this was running in original, despite being based on a, I think, Fresh Air episode from NPR, okay. but it is a Fresh Air episode that's an interview with Lulu Wong about her situation with her grandmother. So it, I think it's fair to run an original. Um, do you think... Yeah, do you love think, for the farewell. Do you think the foreign language aspect killed it there, or is it more because of whatever A24 did or didn't do? I don't know. I, it seems like this... It won movie, a bunch of other Film Fest awards. It did. It, it went... It was in um, the Globes, like Aquafina won. I don't know if it came out too early in the year. I don't know if it was just mismanaged. Or if, I mean kind of the, the ongoing issues with just sort of the singularity of the type of movie that gets Oscar recognition. You know, this is obviously a different demographic. Yeah, I, I was I was surprised. This didn't get a single nomination in any category. It was shortlisted uh, for score and didn't make the final nominations. But, hmm. yeah, no love for the Farewell. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, though, I'd definitely seek it out because it it's one of the best movies of the year, hands down. Yeah, I thought so. The last one, A24, Uncut Gems, The Safety Brothers. Tragedy that this movie didn't get more nominations. I'm assuming you liked it. I, I really liked it a lot, and I definitely appreciated the way that it was written. What, uh, I guess just your broad reaction to this. It should have won an Oscar for the opening scene alone, where we went into <laughs> the microscopic, into a diamond, and out someone's anus. That... It's perfect. <laughs> it, it de- that set the tone. That's what they wanted to go for was unpleasant and that was pretty unpleasant. I think 
you know, everyone who's seen this movie mentions that it's kind of like living through a panic attack. It's very fast-moving, anxiety, kind of everything's moving, the camera work, the acting, everything is kind of just in a flurry of activity that does literally not let up for two hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised this didn't... I'm really surprised Adam Sandler didn't get a nomination um, or this didn't get any nominations for anything because it is incredibly well-made, incredibly well-directed. It's... Fairly original idea that's executed. It's a really tight script. Like I, I, I love this movie, and I'm disappointed, even more disappointed for Adam Sandler because now he's probably going to go make you know another Jack and Jill movie, and the world is going to suffer because of this. So thanks, Academy. Yeah, I. This one, my experience was actually sort of similar to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It took me a while to figure out where it was going. But I think that it's really the moment... I mean, I liked it. Like, I liked what I was seeing. I was, like, intrigued by the character study. But I think the moment when he's in his office with Kevin Garnett, and then it sort of escalates into a climax that basically takes the rest of the movie, which is still 30 or 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, all right, this is phenomenal. This is one of the best movies of the year. If and you yeah. ever wanted to understand someone with a gambling addiction, that's the scene where yeah. you can see it in Kevin Garnett's eyes who is great by the way in this movie surprisingly just a man who is totally un, out of control like it, and he can't stop himself that's just who he is for better or for worse and you're right that scene is is great and just the tension of the the basketball game right after that is unbearable to watch like and i even knew what happened in the game in real life <laughs> and in my head i'm thinking are they going to change this real life basketball result for this movie it's, I, I was man i was just drowning in sweat when i got out of the movie. yeah and i'm a lifelong celtics fan so that was great for me well that's a lot of grounds any other movies that we didn't cover um i'm curious to see did you see the souvenir i actually have not seen the souvenir yet I'm delinquent on that. I need to see it. The Souvenir, I'm, if you look at a lot of critical lists of best movies of the year, that is in the top three of almost all of them, and yet I don't think it was discussed at all for this award. Um, it's it's a smaller movie. Uh, I don't want to say, was that A24 as well? I think it might have been. I think it might have been. It's on Hulu, I think, now. So it can be seen uh, easily. I recommend seeing it. It's it's a very slow movie. Joanna Hogg is the director. Um, uh, Honor Swinton uh, Byrne, who's Tilda Swinton's daughter, is in it. Um, Tilda's in it as well. Uh, Tom Burke is in it, who's going to be in some big movies coming up. He is really great. Um, it's such a clever script because it it's based on Joanna Hogg, the director's real life, where... She was in a very bad relationship with someone who is addicted to drugs and kind of how she uses that experience for her art in a way where it's, she she loves him and she can't get out of this abusive relationship, but she also is turning it into a positive, almost using him in a way for like the experience to like make an interesting story and an interesting movies. Um, the lead, um, Honor Swinton is, plays a, a director, an aspiring film director in the movie, who's dating this heroin addict, and uh, it's it got greenlit. There's going to be a sequel next year to it, which I thought wow. was surprising, um, especially not spoiling anything. What happens at the end? Um, kind of surprised it didn't get any nominations at all because it is it's, it's very well crafted, well made, well acted. 
I think it's probably a little slow for mainstream audiences. There's not a ton of action, and it's it's played in that British dry deadpan way that maybe not might float for anyone. But I was kind of surprised I didn't get any mentions here, um, considering it's the reaction of the critical community for it. Yeah, that was a beloved movie. All right, so I think our final takeaways are it's going to be nothing from A24 because they're not even in the in the ring. <laughs> sounds like Little Women and Marriage Story are the predictions. Are those the picks, too? Yeah, so Adapted... Let's do a who who should win and a who will win. Yeah. I guess I think Little Women should win. I think it will. If I had to guess, I would probably predict it. But I could probably see the Irishman walking away with it. I could see the Irishman too, but I think I would have the same too. I think Little Women is the one I would pick, and I think it will win. Uh, for Best Original, I think Marriage Story should win. I would like to say Knives Out should win, but... Um, those two are my favorite in that category, but I think I mentioned earlier, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to win this one. Gotcha. I, I agree that I would be between Marriage Story and Knives Out. I think I would actually, as much as I love Knives Out, I would probably give it to Marriage Story. I do think that could win, but I also think Parasite has a really good chance of winning. I, I think that basically if Bong Joon-ho wins in screenplay, he probably doesn't win in director. Well, I can kind of see a situation where Parasite takes home a lot of the big ones. Um, I, I would be surprised. It would be a nice surprise. But I think I wouldn't be too surprised if that starts winning some of the awards throughout the night and it just keeps winning them. That's my dream scenario. I hope it happens. So, I mean, probably not. I, best Picture is probably going to go to, like, Cats or something. Which so, <laughs> wasn't even nominated. But, um, yeah, I, I think overall the quality of movies that were nominated or just that, that came out generally this year compared to last year is night and day. Like if you look at some of the nominations from last year, just the movies from this year are so much better. Yes. Yeah, um, it was probably I mean, the had, best year for movies I can remember. What we had in um, adapted screenplay, we had, you know, a star is born. Um, Black Klansman won that category last year, which was an excellent movie. Yeah. Oh, um, can you forgive me? Which I didn't think was all that great. Buster Scruggs, which was an anthology that's kind of hard to gauge because that was a weird one. Some of the stories were better than others. Love uh, the Common Brothers. Uh, if Beale Street could talk, I thought was robbed. But I don't get into that. And in the other category, Green Book won, which I didn't quite agree with. Uh, well, you had some pretty strong movies like Roma, uh, First Reform, which probably should have won. I loved that. Um, yeah. The Favorite and Vice, which Adam McKay's style of filmmaking has really taken off lately this year with uh, the report and the movie about DuPont uh, there's been that, that oh stuff, Dark Waters that, which I enjoyed but that style of filmmaking I think we're going to see a lot more of the Soderbergh movie um, The Laundromat yeah I didn't get that one <laughs> but at any rate I think this year was just a much stronger year for movies and I think as a result the nomination the nominees were a little better so um, there's not too much to rage about here from what we've talked about other than the Joker I guess <laughs> but I guess even that I can deal with well Mark appreciate you coming on to uh, to talk through these two categories and we'll see what happens thanks for having me